And there's situations where patients leave the hospital and they're technically discharged, but they don't know what to do. Mm. Where do I go now? Yeah. Sometimes they're homeless. Sometimes they were evicted from their apartment complex during their hospitalization stay. You it know? happens. We see it all the time. Yeah. And I know there's laws that prevent some of this kind of stuff, but sometimes they aren't the people on the paperwork. Maybe their uncle or aunt or mom or dad was the one that was evicted. And they're the ones in the hospital now, but they don't have a home to go back to. They don't have a way to get the supplies they need to take care of themselves. They can't afford the medications. So where do we draw the line in where your responsibility as a healthcare giver ends versus what is probably the right thing to do? Welcome to The Shift Report, the hottest new nursing podcast in America. And now... Your hosts, Mariam Khan and Wasim Moment. Hello, good people, and welcome back. You are listening to The Shift Report with The Realist RN. I'm your host, Mariam, and my co-host here is Wasim. Yes, my name is Wasim. If you guys have been following us, we really appreciate you guys. Sometimes it feels like we are talking in the dark and may not know who's listening. So if you have been following our journey, leave a comment, whether that's on YouTube or Instagram. Tell us who you are, whether you're a nurse or you're not a nurse. Tell us what you do. Make yourself known. It's good to know who's following. It's good to know who's listening. If you are new to this podcast, thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate you giving us a chance in your ears and listening. Thank you for your viewership. A quick tidbit about us. We are both actively practicing nurses. We both practice nursing just full-time every week, just like every other nurse throughout the country. Yep. And this podcast has been created to be somewhat of a platform, um, to be educational, to provide some sort of advice, or even talk about what we go through daily as nurses. Yep, day to day. And maybe you guys are able to correlate with that or reverberate with that and feel what we kind of go through, and maybe you have comments, maybe you have feedback. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you guys have any situations where you can relate to us, chime in. We'd love to hear it. We, you know, work really hard to give you guys some really good information, and it's just nice to know that, hey, you know, other people are going through what we're going through, and it's not just us in this world. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always good to be able to get multiple stories, multiple different viewpoints, so if you have anything that you'd like to, for us to talk about, please let us know. If you are a brand new nurse or a nursing student, this podcast is going to give you a wealth of knowledge. We're going to talk about very educational stuff that's, you know, kind of by the book, maybe something you've learned in nursing school. But we're also going to talk about a lot of everyday nursing kind of tips. If you've been a nurse for about one or two years, kind of getting your feet wet, you're going to learn a little bit about something that you may not see or have not seen yet. So if that situation does arise during your career, you might have a head start on it. Right. If you're a seasoned nurse or a veteran nurse listening to us here, you may have seen a lot and you've probably been there, done that. Maybe you have some feedback. Maybe you have some comments to share. All of this stuff that you are listening to, you know, leave us a line. Maybe someone is reading or listening or we can talk about what you guys are talking about. Mm -hmm. So it'll help somebody somewhere along the way. So we really appreciate you guys dropping in. 
and really, really, really appreciate your continued viewership because I know that's going to help our community help this platform yeah. most and foremost. Today, we want to talk a little bit about dilemmas. We have social dilemmas or situations where we as nurses, you know, are unable to kind of figure out where we fit or where we stand when it comes to how we believe nursing or healthcare in general kind of moves or what direction it's moving in. Right. Yeah. The, and it, and honestly, healthcare is such a vast form um, of knowledge and personalities and people. And, you know, you come across so many different situations where as nurses, we're put in the middle and we're just like, okay, now what? Yeah. What's the next step? In this situation, what am I going to do? And we ask ourselves that all the time, day to day. And honestly, there are some situations where you're just lost and you don't know what to do and there you can't go left and you can't go right and you know you're being tugged either way and it becomes so complicated but why yeah, yeah. so why does it have of, to be so complicated sorry yeah for, so for the sake of this podcast when we talk about dilemmas we're going to speak in a sense of the difference between doing your job and how that sets apart from you being a professional at your institution or a student with your school and being a a good human being and how you mesh that together and balance expectations of your employer versus expectations for being a role model citizen. Right. So the story that I wanted to kind of share to kind of kick off this topic was an in a situation I ran into last week um, or maybe two weeks ago now. God, time is just kind of blending in together. It's, it's 2020. It's normal now. <laughs> yeah. So a colleague and I were walking throughout our hallway something that we typically do. Um, you know, we, we make rounds when we aren't very, very busy to make sure if anyone needs help. And we stumbled upon a what seemed to be a patient in a patient gown. And she was toppled over on one of the stairwells outside of, of patient area. It was kind of like in a common area. Okay. So we approached this woman and say, hey, you know, can I help you, ma'am? Like, we were just like, what's going on? And she was there huffing and puffing one hand on her knee, you know, just barely able to breathe. And we were like, what's going on? And it became clearer to us as we talked to her that she wasn't actually a patient. She didn't have a patient wristband on, um, was wearing jeans on top of, you know, a normal patient gown. That's odd. Yeah. So, you know, we were both confused. So we asked her and she said, uh, I am the mother of a patient a pediatric patient who is, I think, in early teenage years, who was actually admitted to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I came down to try to get some food. And I've been trying to get some food for a couple of days now. And it was clear that she probably needed some assistance. What do you mean? Like she was a heavier set lady. Okay. Um, and I don't think our hospital is huge. I don't think she would, under her own strength, be able to get to the cafeteria, get some food, and get back to the room. Oh, You're really? talking about, you know, her son was probably on the 10th floor, you know. Okay. Cafeteria's on the first. It's a long way. So, you know, we call for a wheelchair. We get her to the, to the cafeteria. We help her get food, right? It's totally not expected of us. And being in the rapid response role, probably not where we should be putting our time because there's a lot of other things, more acute situations going on with actual patients. But 
there's that dilemma, right? Like, yeah. We have to still be stewards of our institution or just good people. Right. You know, yeah. like that's kind of expected. So we take her to get food and we take her back. And the whole way she's talking about how she tells us her story. And she says, you know, we're from a different state and we came in because your hospital provides excellent care. But as a mother, I wasn't expecting to have to stay here for the now four days that it's been. Oh, wow. I was expecting this procedure that my son was going to go through to last about six to eight hours. And, and now, now she's it been four, four days. days in. Wow. Okay. So she's a patient herself. She was a diabetic, needed insulin, didn't have the money to be able to check into a hotel nearby, didn't have the money to be able to afford food, was probably cooking at home mostly, mm-hmm. you know, on a normal day. Right. Didn't have any familiar support, so no family, no friends were really there. So I'm just thinking there while we're taking her, and she had a little coupon, you know, that the hospital, I guess, offered her at some point. I was just thinking, like, what do you do in this situation? She's not our patient. but Essentially, you don't have an obligation to take care of her at that moment because she's not a patient. She's not, you know. Yeah, and most people would probably go about that. But she said that, like, she wasn't really getting the help that she needed to kind of move around and about and continue living her life. Right. At this point, she had already visited our ER to get her insulin because she was so hyperglycemic when she was a diabetic. She didn't have her meds. Yeah. But didn't have the money to eat. But she's such a big pillar or a support system for her pediatric son who's in, you know, the beads department, getting the care he needs. As any mom would be. And there's no other family. Yeah. So if she goes out of commission and becomes sick or whatever the case might be, what what does that mean for, you know, the child who is our patient? Yeah. Whose responsibility is on us to be safe, to provide and receive ex- excellent care. So, so what do you do? So what do you, is there anything that you did do or that you tried to do? I mean, I was never put in a situation like that before. And I've worked there for a while. So, and I guess it's a little bit dif- different in the pediatric world as well, because there's so many more people involved in your patient's care. I've sure. usually, you know, mostly work with adults, but I didn't know what to do. And that's kind of where we were stuck and we were kind of at an impasse Mm -hmm. and didn't really understand where's our obligation or job description here right you know so you were stuck between a wall and a hard place like it it there was nowhere for you to go with this yeah absolutely it's i was trying to be a nurse but i was also trying to be a good person yeah but i was also trying to make sure that i was available for my other patients that might need me that took up a good hour of my time Mm. You know, that pulled me away from other, luckily nothing happened and my pager didn't go off, but who knows, right? Anything could have happened. So I had a very similar um, situation, not very similar, but kind of in the same genre where I had a 40 year old autistic patient. So, you know, he can communicate, but it's not to a the level of where if I'm talking to him in medical jargon, he would not understand. Um, Given his age, I mean, if I asked him if he was in pain, he could say yes or no and things like that. But there was not a real form of communication that I can 
do with him. Um, and then if a physician is talking to him, that's going to go right over his head. So, you know, right now we have a one person per visitor per day policy and visiting hours end at 8 p.m. So this guy's mother is his sole caretaker. Right. So she is with him 24-7. She is now retired, and that's all she does is take care of her son. I think he was like the youngest of her children. Right. And so now, obviously, she wants to stay overnight with her son because he's autistic and there's no no way that he can communicate really with the rest of us without her, you know? And so now we have this policy that's a hospital policy and they're pretty strict about that with COVID going on. And so when she opted to stay the night, initially they were like that, that's against hospital policy and we we can't let you do that. Yeah. See, that's difficult. So what do you do? It's like, well, you understand that this patient needs his mom. Right. But then, you know, it's also a concern, a safety concern for the hospital staff and people that are in the hospital all the time. It's like, where, what do you do? Where do you draw the line? So we, what we did was we um, escalated it. So we talked to our charge nurse who went to the OA, the operations, you know, administrator, and they were like, hey, this is the situation. We have a patient who can't really communicate with us, He or the communication is very minimum, um, if at all, and the mother opts to, is opting to spend the night. Right, right. Is this possible? Like, can we look past this hardcore rule to help this patient, you know, feel comfortable and feel more at ease because his mom is with him. Yeah. And normally it's not even an issue. You probably welcome it, but because of COVID things have changed. Exactly. So, I mean, when in any other situation, it was, it would be different, but because with COVID and the hospital policy right now, it is something that we had to move forward and be like, Hey, this is not just for you know, the mom knowing all the information, this is more so even the safety of the patient and him being at ease, you know, in a foreign environment without his support system. Right. It would be difficult. I mean, even for the floor nurses, it would be difficult because then who knows what have happened, you know, who knows what his reaction would be if his mom wasn't there. Right, right, right. right. So um, they did make that ex- exception and he, she was able to spend the night and, you know, however long she needed to while he was in the hospital, which I think was a win-win situation at the end of the day. Right. So you had a solution to your, your problem. Yeah. My, my situation technically didn't even have a solution because from what my colleague told me, the very next day, she ran into the same situation with the same visitor or the same patient's mother. And she was once again, like, nobody's really helping me, but I've got to survive. Like, I got to do my, I got to live. I gotta eat. Like I can't, I can't function outside of my home. It's too expensive for me. And cafeteria food, in the hospital, you get like a raisin for twelve ninety nine. Yeah, pass. It's, it's ridiculous. It's too expensive for me. Yeah. I don't like eating at the hospital. It's not even good food. And that's when you know it's an obligation. Yeah, she's so, obligated. Yeah, she has imagine no a patient or a family member that you know they're not in their socioeconomic status isn't the best. What do you do? How do you survive? It's really difficult. Right. 
So what are some things that we as nurses can do or, you know, healthcare for professionals for people in that kind of situation? Like, how can we help? I mean, like in your case, the solution was you spoke to your charge nurse that escalated it to the manager. So I think escalation is always a good answer to a lot of situations where you don't have an answer. Right. And it doesn't have to just do with dilemmas like like this, but any situation, you know. Um, there's a lot of resources along the hospital too, at least for our facility, we have international services where they have representatives that speak a multitude of languages Mm -hmm. that can come and provide that liaison between healthcare providers and patients. There's uh, patient relation teams that work with situations like this. And I think that's what ended up happening in this situation is that we got patient relations involved they got some background story, they got some information, and they were able to help this woman kind of navigate her life as a mother through the, I think, week or week and a half that her son was hospitalized. Oh, wow. So I know um, Texas Children's does something very similar for uh, like um, family members of patients, you know, pediatric patients, and they house them for free. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's called the Ronald McDonald house and you guys can, you know, look this up, but yeah, they actually yeah, that's really lend cool. either hotel rooms or um, apartment complexes mm-hmm. and they're able to do that and provide that service. So, I mean, there are definitely services out there right. and I think um, hospitals have done great with it and mm-hmm. are trying to do the best they can, especially in everything going on right now. Right. So there's definitely resources and I think it's up to us nurses as like being the direct patient care mm-hmm. liaisons mm-hmm. to make sure whatever the most safe environment for the patient and their family right. is to be able to do that. Right. And like, where does your responsibility end as a healthcare provider? Does it really end though? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, but like, say you have a patient that comes in and then you discharge them later that afternoon. And there's situations where patients leave the hospital and they're technically discharged, but they don't know what to do. Mm. Where do I go now? Yeah. Sometimes they're homeless. Sometimes they were evicted from their apartment complex during their hospitalization stay. It happens. We see it all the time. Yeah. And I know there's laws that prevent some of this kind of stuff, but sometimes they aren't the people on the paperwork. Maybe their uncle or aunt or mom or dad was the one that was evicted. And they're the ones in the hospital now, but they don't have a home to go back to. They don't have a way to get the supplies they need to take care of themselves. They can't afford the medications. So where do we draw the line and where your responsibility as a healthcare giver ends versus what is probably the right thing to do? Yeah. You know, and I think that is a pretty big dilemma that healthcare has yet to resolve at this point. I, I completely agree. And I think politics, especially these days, is kind of headed in a direction where you have two very different groups of people that believe in very different ways of going about it. And without getting too political, it is a dilemma as a healthcare provider. Because first and foremost, your goal is to always take care of your patients. And then two, one of our responsibilities or obligations, I believe at least, should be community wellness. That's very true. Unless you came into the healthcare field for the money. Yeah. In that case, you're in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Because you'll never be happy. (laughs) We never get paid enough. This is facts. It has to be more than that. So where do you draw the line, right? And, you know, in this situation, 
I kind of stopped hearing about her, so I'm not sure what happened to her. But it seems like she got some help. But should it have gotten that far? Probably, Probably not. not. Yeah. You know? So I think it's it's important to have discussions like this, and it's important to bring up or even communicate that with upper management. That like, hey, what do we do in situations like this? Yeah. What's our protocol? What's our procedure? Where do we go? And really? Sometimes it's surprising because your facility may not have a procedure. They kind of just go about it and take it as a on the basis kind of situation and they deal with it as the situation arises, you know? Yeah. And I really think right now it, it's still evolving, right? We, we just don't have a solution, like a solid solution as to how we can prevent things like the situation that you're late, like you, that patient's mother was in to get better. Right. Right. And it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to navigate. I'm not sure a solution is going to be something that we'll have soon. It might take time. It might take thoughts, but it's good to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know the two of us aren't the only one that's dealing or are dealing with situations like that. There's hundreds of nurses out there. There are hundreds of healthcare workers out there. Mm-hmm. physicians probably go through it on a daily basis where they're in internal dilemmas as well. But if you have, and this is to our listeners, like a story or some sort of situation that you've gone through, we would love to hear about it. I'd like to know like the specifics of what you went through, you know, HIPAA privacy, of course, but you know, don't talk about names and stuff, but how was your, story. Yeah, yeah, how can your story relate or did your story have a solution? Yeah, what did you do? Yeah. What did your hospital do or what did your facility or did you, what did you do specifically? Sometimes nurses do some things, man, that... They pull some strings yeah. that we didn't know existed. Yeah, they're very, very flexible, very resourceful people. So please leave us a comment. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram. At YouTube, we are at the Realist RN. On Instagram, it's just realist RN because Instagram hates the the. So comment, let us know. You can sign up for our alerts at www.therealistrn.com slash info. You can get the most up-to-date info, the most up-to-date alerts on whenever we have new podcasts or new clips out for you guys. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, if you prefer the audio-only versions of this podcast you can listen to it on the way to work you can listen to it during your breaks so thank you for following along next week we're going to be talking a little bit about something that's a little bit deeper um things that i've gone through i'm sure you've gone through as oh, well absolutely it has to do with verbal abuse and workplace, workplace violence. violence it's a big thing how do you navigate that as a nurse um so hopefully you guys have some stories and if you do let us know we can even talk about them on our podcast next week So thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys. This is episode five. Signing out. Have fun saving lives. Yeah. Enjoy the week, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to The Shift Report. Be sure to check back every week to get real-time advice from The Realist Nurses. Or follow us at therealistrn.com.